who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone and welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast turkey edition right i'm your host steve fountas with me is the big turkey man himself big turkey man <laughs> Eric Sanchez. How is it going tonight? It's going pretty well. Uh going well, going well. Good. Um Good. Yeah, I guess it's going well. All right, good. <laughs> this week, we're going to look back at the 1992 WWF Survivor Series, but as I was watching the show, so much stuff other stuff came up. I'm like, well, we're going to kind of talk about this, but we got holiday stuff to talk about. We have Thanksgiving stuff to talk about. We have uh, era stuff to talk about. All these different things. It's going to be a lot of fun. So it's going to be a four-hour show. Maybe. Maybe. I'd Buckle up. I do have my Fismas beer here, so I, I am ready to go. Okay. appreciate everyone listening and following along on Twitter, which you can do at PPW Podcast. You can find all of our past shows for free. Your favorite podcast app. Hit subscribe. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. We'll be there for you every time a new show is out or a special show or interview or whatever. It'll be there for you for free. Hit subscribe and share with a friend. If you want to support the show, the biggest way, honestly, is just to listen and share with friends. That's the best way to grow the show and have more fun. You can also pick up a shirt if you want at whatamaneuver.net. makes a great Christmas gift if somebody wants a shirt that says Positively Pro Wrestling. doesn't even say podcast on it. it just says you're positive nope, about just, pro wrestling. So you could head to whatamaneuver.net, T-shirt, sweatshirt, whatever. They make quality stuff. Go check them out. Even, even though don't buy it from us, if there's other like podcasts or wrestlers you want to support, can't recommend whatamaneuver.net dot net enough good stuff good people and good quality shirts all right eric how's it going what do you want to talk about first do you want to talk about this error 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 era i rushed in first want to talk about this era yeah i'm talking about the era yeah we can right. talk about so, it. oh our friend I mean, rad chad rad chad 86 uh tagged us and our friends at the our vantage point podcast who by the way i was listening to their wrestlemania 3 review today for some reason i missed that one i'm on their patreon Listen to the reviews of all the WWF shows, but just was listening to that one today. It's a great one. Check them out at OVP Podcast. Anyway, Chad had an interesting question. He said, when do you define eras? When do they begin and end and all that stuff? Specifically, probably with WWF. Yeah. And you, for some reason, had like a reference guide of well, spreadsheets. Well, you know what? He mentioned happen? it. Um, I was thinking about it, too, after he mentioned it. I'm like, you know what? I... Kind of knew I there's transition period that like months or maybe even like a year mm-hmm. of transition between things. And what's kind of got me thinking was he brought he brought out what specific point mm-hmm. do you think changed it? So I think that like goes a little bit deeper. So I just started doing like the research and stuff. And I was pretty clear on the the golden era going into the ad or the uh, new generation into the attitude. 
kind of the ruthless. And then after that, I kind of fell out. And then I think the whole PG, the reality stuff is all kind of similar anyway. How many so years I was just kinda, would you say does an era encapsulate? How many years? Two? Three? Longer? Um, I guess it kind of depends. Um, maybe five years, yeah. ten years. It just depends on you know who's on top, what the programs are, how it's kind of presented. Um, well, let's go with your yeah. your reference. You, if you don't know if you have it handy, look at your reference of your eras, okay? Yeah. And I'll kind of comment it because I have my own opinion on this thing because the show today specifically, 1992. Yeah. Is this golden era still? Is it new gen era? I think it's it's both. It's in between. It is. So in between, however, is pretty much from after SummerSlam 91 until mm-hmm. King of the Ring 93. That's an in between. Yeah. That, that, that should be its own era. We could figure out what we're going to call it, but go out with your things and we'll, and we'll go over, I guess, what we think it is. Yeah, so what I had, um, I think at the time, you know, the Survivor Series, I think Primetime Wrestling was still around. So I think with the the addition or the change from Primetime, that's like old school stuff. Yeah. And going into Monday Night Raw, like that was new. It was uncooked, uncensored, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, this is a new kind of grittier type of direction. It's not Attitude Era gritty, but it's not as like hunky-dory. It's and not the arena as. show tapings. It's in its own thing. Yeah. 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 So where are we at? So where's um, so the I, golden I, era start to end? Where do you got? What's your golden era start? Eight, 85 until when? Yeah, when? so I've got 85 until uh, 95. 95? No, 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 that's, that's <laughs> the lo- no. So here's the thing, too. So the logos themselves, WWF Classic logo runs from 82 to 95. But the era, I felt like, ended, started to end mm, at the... End of 92, kind of like this era. You think Golden Era Nin- goes to 92? No, no, no. 93 at the end of King Golden of the Era goes yep. from 85 to 93? Yeah, when Hogan leaves. Okay. So most people think that, I, at least that I've seen, Golden Era went from 85 to 90. Now, I argue it went from 85 to 91 because I look at mm-hmm. WrestleMania 6 to WrestleMania 7. And who okay. is on WrestleMania 6 that's a Golden Era wrestler? That is not included at WrestleMania 7. I mean, Andre's still there. He's not wrestling, but he's still there. Hogan's still Uh in the main event. You know, Hacksaw's there. He's not featured heavily. He's he's in the Uncle Sam outfit coming out like an idiot in the beginning, but he's still there. (laughs) Is it when Jesse leaves? Jesse leaves in 90? So is that that when the Golden Era ends? I'm going to extend the Golden Era from 85 to 91. Okay. However... Not all of I would, 91, because I, I think after yeah. SummerSlam, in the Survivor Series, when The Undertaker kind of beats Hogan, I think when The Undertaker beats Hogan, even though Hogan gains the title back, those last couple months of 91 are a bit of the trans, what we'll call the transition era, from yeah. 91 to 93. So you, so you associate... Well, I mean, yeah, you have to. Hulkamania with the golden era. Yeah, for sure. Of WWE. For sure, yeah. for sure. So that's what I would do. I would do a golden era from 85 to November of 91. And mm-hmm. then... And then you have the steroid trials, yeah. Orion, all of that kind of stuff. Then there's this exodus of the big, beefy, steroid, mm-hmm. juiced-up guys leaving. Or coming back Hogan slimmer. Does, Hogan does come back, yeah, like half his size. 
teams up with Beefcake for WrestleMania, mm-hmm. cheats uh, <laughs> cheats cheats Brett out of the title, mm-hmm. beats Yoko at WrestleMania, then loses at King of the Ring. So he's not even back for maybe four months. Yeah, and the reason I think kind of took a break. The reason I think ninety one to ninety three is what I'm going to call the transition era, is because mm-hmm. you have this pay per view particular ninety two Survivor Series. The main event is Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. However, the marquee feature matchup was supposed to be Macho Man and Warrior versus Ric Flair and Razor. Now, Razor's a newer guy. Ric Flair's newer to the WWF, but been around forever. Yeah. And even with Warrior gone, you bring back Perfect, a guy from who would fit into that golden era thing. Yeah, right. So this is the weird transition era. That's what we're going to... We're going to name it. We named it the transition era. So after yep. so when when is your new generation era start? I think it starts at at King of the Ring ninety three. Yeah, I do okay. too. Okay, so 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 I, so I think the I mean they do overlap. Yeah. So th- this is where the so I, new generation kind of starts. I, I think the other thing is too is people get caught up on years, whereas mm-hmm. it could be months. It could be six months into it. It doesn't have to be. The yeah. January of ninety three, ninety four, whatever it is. So that's that's what I think. I think we're gonna we're in a new generation so, era, June of ninety three. Yeah. So with with him gone, I mean, Warriors obviously gone. Um, Savage is going to be gone in the next year, mm-hmm. and the focus is more on this new generation, which is going to be Brett Diesel, Ramon, Undertaker still coming, Sean Doink, one two three kid, Sean. So all of this stuff, also with the Monday Night Raw, yeah. And all of that is just totally different than what it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like who's featured, who's in the spots, who's in the main events, who's in the title pictures. And um, all of that is just totally like if you watched it a year ago, it's it's totally different. Now, as we always do on this show, we talk about where we were at the time and hopefully make other people think where they were at the time. Mm-hmm. So during this era of transition, because for me, really, Golden Era was really watched for me. After the fact, for the most part. Yeah. I'd say my main fandom came from 91, 95, which is hilarious. I saw so much change and so much, you know, great wrestling Mm -hmm. and great superstars and and leaving and Hogan leaving and coming back and teasing me and Luger was going to be my new Hogan and (laughs) teasing and all this stuff. When you were watching, did you notice a change or did it not matter to you because it's wrestling, I'm sticking with it? Did you notice a change? No, I, I did. I did notice a huge change. Okay, see, I didn't uh, because a lot, of, a lot of the main players for me were. I mean, growing up was. I mean, I maybe got a couple of years of, of watching yeah. on you, but we both kind of started um, enjoying it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But you know, the days of Jake the Snake, like prime Jake the Snake, Brutus Beefcake, um, Demolition, Heart Foundation, Hogan, Warrior, Andre, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, over the years, I noticed Andre is, you know, hobbling around now. He's gone. I got um, crutches. Let me get you my crutches. I'll call guys. And just every, I don't know, just, um, I did notice a lot of differences. Warrior's gone. Uh, Savage is, you know, on commentary now. He's not, he's not even in mm-hmm. the main events or even in matches anymore. Roddy Piper is kind of, you know, done with the IC title. And just the older ones, in my opinion, I felt like they're getting old. Did it did it Im- impact your enjoyment of wrestling? Um, I liked the replacements of those guys with the, the rise of Razor Ramon. I didn't like Diesel. Uh, I didn't really like Sean. Uh, but Razor Ramon, mm-hmm. um, uh, Bam Bam coming back, I felt like... Bammers! Uh, he was, he was, Big Bammers He was fan. around. 
I only remember With him from squeeze, Luna Vachon. <laughs> That's right. Uh, even Luna, you know, she was coming around. Uh, mm-hmm. Goldust and just all the newer characters. Well, Goldust didn't come around yet. Um, but even the doink thing, like I thought it was more silly, but it was still within the the golden era of characters. Yeah. So it wasn't like just going right from characters to reality. It was a little transition of, you still had your clowns. You still had your Duke, the dumpster drosies. You still had your, your goons, um, your goons. So here, um, here's the thing with me, but it was more wrestling based, getting more towards that. What, what I mentioned watching the golden era after the fact. So when I would go back and rent mm-hmm. those tapes, the main event stuff, I loved, I loved Hogan and warrior and macho man and, and, even to an extent like Brutus Beefcake, Mr. Perfect, Roddy Piper. I loved all that stuff. Yeah. But there was so much undercard stuff like I didn't care about. Like I didn't care about Dino Bravo or like I didn't care about Tito Santana or or stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. when it transitioned over into this new generation era stuff, even though it was silly, some of that stuff, I cared about everybody because because of the way the arenas were lit, there was no more dark arenas and anything. Uh, There was always... The production went up. Exactly. Really. So everybody seemed yeah. on the same level. You know, there was the mm-hmm. world champions and tag titles and all that stuff. Everyone seemed on the same level. So for me, my enjoyment went up. Now, looking back, the Golden Era stuff, of course, is better than a lot of the new generation stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was it just everything to me seemed awesome and seemed cool. We were still on Hasbro during 92. We still got Hasbros. You know, we're yeah. still getting figures we're still watching stuff raw hasn't debuted yet we're watching primetime wrestling for me when primetime was on it was kind of a big deal for me to sneak being staying up late on a monday or a tuesday to watch those shows and when raw came on by 93 i kind of because we're central time so it was eight to nine so for me, that wasn't a big deal. I was able to allowed to stay up till nine to watch it. Mm-hmm. So that to me, I think that's probably why I associate such a cool memory with that new generation stuff because of raw starting and all that and being like, okay, now it's eight. I can stay up later, 10 years old now, nine years old, 11 years old. I, I could stay up later. So that's another mm-hmm. thing I associate yeah. it with. So that's why the new gen era still kind of holds a special place. So I think new gen is... June of 93 until I'm going to say November of 96. And I know a lot of people point to June of 96, the Austin 316 promo. I think you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But for Well, I, th- there's there's still that gray area. Like where it kind of starts. Like I felt mm-hmm. like the Austin, because that promo was just a total heelish dick thing to say, but I loved it. Especially I'm because like, I, old school WWF, I know when I was watching the time, I assumed Jake the Snake is a redemption story. He's the good guy. He's winning the King of the Ring. But then yeah. Austin, just you sit there and thump your Bible. It didn't get you anywhere. <laughs> so I felt like that was um, that was like a shock. I'm like, okay, so, I mean, it, it's not attitude yet, but things little by little well, started going that direction. And then he had the, the following WrestleMania mm-hmm, the next year. 13. And then... Yeah, and what was it afterwards? Well, let me get oh the screw job. I think kind of yeah, just introduced the McMahon character. So then it's almost like after that, it's it's becoming more attitude. Yeah, and also the the Raw is War, the change of Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. to the big Titan Tron and all that stuff really differently changed it, which was in '97. The reason I think of Survivor Series '96 as the turning point is one, you have that Austin Bret Hart match where Austin is yeah. 
a badass. He Bret Hart says he wants to face the best wrestler in the world after coming back, after mm-hmm. losing to Sean. Plus, in the main event, Sean loses to Sid, a heel. And the crowd is cheering and loving Sid in that main event. So yeah. that, to me, me, I was still a big Shawn Michaels fan, still loved all the good guys. And mm-hmm. my buddy, I remember getting so pissed at him. He's been like, he was just loving it that Sean lost because he was a Brett fan. And he was rubbing it in my face and he was like, oh, that was so funny. When Sean got hit with the camera, he goes, you get you get hit with chairs all the time. But when someone gets hit with like a camera, it's like stand-up comedy to me. I'm like, screw you. Yeah. Like I'm going to fight him. So that's kind of when it started. And back to your point, the screw job to change to Raw is War 97. That's when the Attitude Era officially kicks off. And goes until I know people say it ends at WrestleMania 2017, and it kind of does, just because WCW is over, and that coincides with yeah. it. So I think it's it's pretty much acknowledged that WrestleMania 17 is the end of the Attitude Era, right? Was that the st- the uh, one in the heel turn in Houston, Seattle? No, that was in that was in, in the uh, Astrodome. That's one Rock Austin main event where Austin turns heel. Now I'd say eighteen to Hogan Rock. That's eighteen. Hogan Rock is eighteen. What's what's nineteen? Kurt Angle versus Lesnar. Austin Rock. What was the last one? Nineteen. Yeah, I would say that because after that you had yeah and- Austin left, and the Rock left, and then all of these stars from the Attitude Era started either changing their gimmicks or other things like Dead that. Dead man walking. But it's the transition period, too. So maybe like another year of transition. Yeah, and that's what you need. And that's, again, we go back to people being married to ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's fair. We can transition to that. And then the Ruthless Aggression era, which I was not watching, 2003 to 2005, I wasn't watching. So I don't really have any memories of that. Were you watching during that time? I lost a lot of interest after the Alliance angle and then after WrestleMania 19, because I remember I had the Nintendo GameCube Yeah, WrestleMania 19, so that was fun. But then there were new characters coming out, and I wasn't um, really keeping up with it. Like, I'd, I'd probably watch it, like, once a month or once every three weeks mm-hmm. or whatever. And then when I moved, you know, I the house that I moved to, I decided, you know, we don't need cable because we just have regular channels. We're closer to Chicago, 2579. All that other mm-hmm. kind of stuff is fine. And so I was just watching a lot of SmackDown and SmackDown was becoming more. That's when they did the, um, the, uh, the roster yeah, separation. The, Cause they had so many people from WCW, ECW. And that was legit uh, roster separation. There was no crossover. Yeah. They had their own pay-per-view. Yeah. So yeah. So I liked that, but at the same time, I only saw half the roster mm-hmm. for probably two years. I didn't see anything on raw. If I did, it would have been online, some clips, some articles on WWE.com, stuff like that. But it was never, watching a full show of it. Okay, so when does the Ruthless Aggression Era end? 2006? And that's when Cena's kind of, he main events WrestleMania 22 against Triple H. He's gets he's the face of the company. It's undisputed. 2006 to 2000, what, 11? What, what, what's that era? The reality era? Or the P, that's the PG era, right? That's the PG era, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah I still think there's like transition there because Cena... Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's been around a while, like probably just as long as Hogan was for five or six years before people started booing him. So he's been around a well, while. Well, not really. If you think about it, he was super over at WrestleMania 20 in 2004. By 2006, it's become the cool thing to boo John Cena. 
Oh, I've got PG era. Just PG just as when just as when they started PG was 2008. Yeah, PG era starts in 2008 for sure. And that goes to 2011. And then of course there's the pipe bomb promo CM Punk takes off that starts off the reality era. Yeah, 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 you got that. And that goes to when? 2014. Well, I got 16 because the they uh, split the brands again. Okay. So you had Shane with Daniel Bryan. Yep. Um, Stephanie with Foley, and then they do this whole, we're going to split the roster again. So that was like the new era. They're pushing, you know, a lot of the NXT guys that came in, like Balor, yeah. um, Owens, um, the, the four horsewomen, the women's revolution or evolution. That kind of stuff is like a, just a, a new era at this point. So Enzo and Cass, I remember uh, Monday after WrestleMania. Holy shit, that, that crowd was yes. insane. Yes, and Enzo just, just amazing, like, <laughs> promo. I yeah. got the gift to gab and the gift to jab, and I'll put that lazy eye to work. <laughs> I told that to, <laughs> to Devon. I, I st- yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And I remember this one point where Cass, it was in that year, and uh, it was Enzo and Cass going against Owens. I forgot who Jericho. Owens was with. But Owens and Jericho. But Owens was on the side apron, mm-hmm. and he's mocking Enzo's dance, <laughs> like the left, left and right foot going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Enzo. Oh, man. We could talk about them later. We should do a whole Enzo and Cass show, because they were my favorite. And everyone's like, oh, Enzo's they, annoying. I, but they were so good. They were so good. Even when they, I think it was the Lucha Dragons where he went face. No, it was the, um, what were the guys that act like the old timey carnival? The Von Vaude villains. Yeah, the Vaude villains. I think one of them threw him right in the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> and he like racked his head. Yes, I remember. That was in the Chicago too. I remember that. Yeah. All right. So then we get into what basically after the PG era and the, the reality era, then there's the new, what do you call it? When the brand split happens? The new era? Yeah. Yeah, it's a new era. And then after that, we've got the pandemic era, and then we're what we're in now, which is the Roman Reigns era, basically. I guess so. So we're the tribal the head of the table, the tribal chief era. <laughs> so, all right. So we had a lot to talk about in the start of this with eras. So thanks to Rad Chad. Let us guys know. Let us guys. Let us know, guys and girls, what you think about our eras and when they start and when they end and all that. It's it's up for debate and it's a fun discussion. So let us know at. So it's so it's not as oh go ahead PPW let us podcast know. not let it snow what else no no okay so it's so it's not as simple as when uh, WWE decided to slap the new logo to get, on their it's not branding as we've discovered this week on the PPW podcast but let's talk about what we're here to really talk about Survivor Series ninety two all right strive to survive teams of zero <laughs> and i mean I, I said no teams all right this took place on thanksgiving eve in 1992 which i love mm-hmm. i love the thanksgiving eve stuff i, I think survivor yeah, should be on wednesday every year again november 25th 1992 richfield ohio at the richfield coliseum and announced the tens of eighteen thousand. looked like a sellout not really sure i'm not gonna check it out but let, it was a great crowd. It, they were into it, especially with the exception of one match. I think they were really into it. Before we get into that, let's talk Thanksgiving. With that, growing yeah. up for you, was Thanksgiving a thing? Did you go to someone's house? Did you guys host? Was it not a big deal? What was Thanksgiving for you? For us, it um, it, it was just us. My parents, my sister and mm-hmm. I. Uh, the family, as far as my parents' family, our family, they live four to five hours away. Southern Illinois, so... I think my, well, I know my mom's parents would come up, but hardly anybody else would come up to spend Thanksgiving because they had their own families mm-hmm. down south and all that kind of stuff. So 
Uh, my grandparents would come up maybe, I think maybe every year or maybe every other year, once in the summer, once at Thanksgiving, that kind of stuff. And, you know, that was kind of the thing. My mom got up early. She did the whole turkey and stuff and nobody helped her. <laughs> yeah. Did, did it ever evolve as you got older, whether it be with relationships or even now, it being an ever a bigger deal than just hanging out with your uh, immediate family? Uh, when I got married, um, I think we hosted Thanksgiving once. Mm -hmm. And then I think just the once. And then I went after the divorce and stuff. It went back to my mom. And now my sister's starting to do Thanksgiving. What are you doing this year? Going to my sister's house. Oh. So after my sister's going to do Thanksgiving, it's really like a lunch, like 2 o'clock. Okay, I'll be there. And <laughs> <laughs> and my fiance's family, they do theirs at uh, like between 4 and 5. Okay. So I'm going to eat a little at 2, hang out, and then drive five minutes over to my fiance's house and Perfect. finish off some pot pies and there you go cookies and turkey did you legs. like thanksgiving as a kid was it just an excuse to just to hang out or was it not a big deal um it just had a different feel like i i know waking up like it just had the smell in the house okay. like the oven was on you could smell stuff and it was just like a lazy day like i don't know if it was any different like for kids during the summer break mm -hmm. and stuff like that but it just felt like a really like we're not going to do anything today uh, it got like hot and steamy, so we'd have to open up windows because yeah. just the oven and the stove and all that stuff was going. So like the thermostat would say like 78. <laughs> We're like, it's hot in here. We're wearing pajama pants and hoodies. Yeah. And it's like, it's hot in here. Yeah. Same thing for me growing up. We Thanksgiving was never a big deal growing up. And even today, it's not mm -hmm. really a big deal. This year, my younger sister's hosting, which maybe she'll start the tradition because she's married now. She's about to have a baby. So maybe she'll start the tradition of hosting. I don't. Okay. I don't have that big of a family. And what it would be is my, same thing, me and my sisters, my two sisters, my mom and dad. My mom and dad would cook that day, and my dad would watch football. And I didn't like really like football as a kid, so I would just play Nintendo in the basement as my mom cooked. I never liked turkey growing up. So I remember initially yeah. I would like insist on ketchup because kids just need ketchup and <laughs> dipping it in it. Yeah. It's since right. evolved to like various sauces and dipping it in there. And now – we do ham and turkey, so I'm a big fan of that. Uh, and then I remember my mom's brother, my uncle, my two cousins generally would come over for dessert because they would go to mm -hmm. their cousin's house who lived close to us. So it was like weird family thing, but I would always look forward to my cousin. It was always like a, oh, when's the doorbell going to ring? When are they going to come? Because there wasn't cell phones. So they'd be like, right. we'll be over around six or whatever it is. So you're kind and of six ten, and you're like, yeah, you're at? like, oh, and then the doorbell rings. You're like, oh, it's them, it's them. And you get up and go excited, and then you know, <laughs> my uncle comes, and he, and he, my cousin would come. And what's funny is my cousin's only a year older than me, but I, yeah. I always, when you're a kid, it seems like an attorney. So I like looked up to him, like, oh, my older cousin's coming. But now we're like friends. And what's also funny yeah. is my older sister is four years older than me. So he's closer to my age than hers, but they would bully me when I was a kid. Like they would pick on hey. me. You know? But as we got older, you know, we all, everything changed. So that was right. kind of a thing. Uh, and then my wife's family, same thing. It's never a big deal for her. We did Thanksgiving one year at my in-laws' house in Ohio. But yeah, I do remember one thing I like about Thanksgiving is, especially as a kid, you don't have any responsibility as a kid. But even. This goes to all holidays. When you're a kid, your responsibility is just to be there. Like, you just right. drip, put this on. You might be annoyed you have to wear, like, a nicer <laughs> sweater or whatever. Yeah. But your responsibility is just to show up. And, like, that's it. You can do whatever you want, especially when you're a little bit older, six or seven. You kind of be left alone with other cousins. 
And mm-hmm. as I've got, as I have my own kids now, one of the things I, I'm conscious of, because let, I mean, people who have kids know this and people who don't, what do you know? It's a pain in the ass to go anywhere with kids. It just is. Because you're responsible for them. You can't relax, can't enjoy yourself, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to remind myself of that feeling I had as a kid. And I want my kid to have that of, you don't have anything to worry about. I'm not going to take away experiences from you because it's a pain in the ass for me. So letting them know, like, we're going to go, like, to my sister's house for Thanksgiving. It's going to be a pain because I'm going to have to watch them and make sure they're not breaking their stuff and all that. But just their responsibility is to be there. Uh, and ne- Yeah, that's kind of how it was, too. Yeah, it's just that that's it. And that's, I think, what's cool. And part of the reason I think we have such fond memories of kids, of whether it be watching wrestling or whatever, it's you had stress of school or friends or whatever. But at the end of the day, holidays were just a great, if you're blessed enough and lucky enough to have a family that could support you, just mm-hmm. they used to be there. And right. and that and that was so cool. Did you ever order any of these Survivor Series pay-per-views as a kid? What was the, or did, did that come later? When you were a little bit older. No, I ordered the Hogan Undertaker one. So 91, you did order. Okay. Yeah. So I remember I was watching it, and it was at night. Yeah. And I remember my dad and my mom were sitting at the kitchen So table did you have to beg to order, or was it just like, hey, can I do it? Like, yeah, Eric's a nice kid. We'll give it to him this one year for Christmas. I don't think I had to beg that hard, because I had already gotten Royal Rumble that year. Okay. Was, it, was that 90? Well, it would have been... Survivor Series? Yeah, no, 91 Survivor Series, so you would have gotten 90 Rumble. Or no, you would have gotten no, 91 Rumble. Cause this is, yeah, I got 90. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got the Rumble and WrestleMania that year, which I think was WrestleMania 7. seven. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I tried harder on those, mm-hmm. and then I just brought up the idea. Because I was watching wrestling, my mom would watch it with me on like prime time or Saturdays, yeah. whatever it was. And my dad would work at night, so she watched wrestling with me. Like She'd be reading her paper or something. But she but knew what was going on. The chair. Yeah. She did, yeah. Like she wasn't like intently watching it, like, get him, get him, or yes, dirty, don't do that. But she was she was aware of what was going on. So she'd hear the advertisements like, Oh, Thanksgiving Eve, tradition, blah, 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 family and wrestling, 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 yeah. <laughs> wrestle World Wrestling Federation presents and blah, blah. so all that hype stuff. And then I remember I asked her, I said, Do you think I can get or I think I said, do you think we yeah. can watch it? <laughs> so, you know, I didn't ask my dad because he wasn't around when, you know, when I was asking and watching. She said, sure. She's like, how much is it? And I forgot what it was, 20 bucks, maybe 25. So I remember we, I watched it and my dad was like, what is this? And my sister was like, I think laying on her stomach, like on the carpet mm-hmm. in front of the TV. She had her like legs kicking up and, you know, I was in the chair just kind of watching it. And I think it was my first time my dad like really like watched it. Mm-hmm. That's, but it was funny because I felt proud to like, oh, you know, I like this guy. Like I'd be telling, yeah. that, telling him stuff about, oh, this is, you know, Hulk Hogan and uh, Ric Flair and, you know, all these wrestlers. Like like I knew what was up. Another thing that's <laughs> crazy. So a lot of pay-per-views either Sunday or Monday. This is a Wednesday yeah. before Thanksgiving. So you're off the next day of school. So you don't have to worry about going yeah. to bed early. That's nope. another huge benefit for these Wednesday mm-hmm. pay-per-views, Survivor Series. That's another thing. AEW should steal this tradition next year and say, we're doing a pay-per-view Thanksgiving Eve. Like they should, they should totally do that. And I would buy the shit out of that pay-per-view and watch it and crisscross applesauce from the TV, <laughs> you know, get some Doritos or whatever yeah. and watch it right. and love it. Um, yeah. I, I did 
91 uh, Survivor Series I did watch live. That was a thing I've talked about before. My dad brought me to his buddy's house who had a legal cable box. So that was always a fun memory for me. This one, I don't quite remember even asking the pay-per-view. I think it was just, I think I asked if we'd go back to my dad's friend's house. And he was like, oh, no, he's at like something. Something up or was, was out of the question. Uh-huh. Uh, however, this time in 92, I'm in third grade. And I just met my first friend that was obsessed with wrestling like I was. He had the cable box and he told me he would record it and give me the tape at Monday at school. So I knew I had it coming to me Uh, because as we'll talk about the other big storyline going, this is when Mr. Perfect all of a sudden turns baby face. I remember watching that primetime wrestling and we'll talk about it when we get there. That was such a big deal to have a bad guy just out of the blue turn, and we know why, and we'll talk about why as we get there, it's mm-hmm. a good guy. And I remember being like, oh, that's amazing. So I don't remember being disappointed I couldn't watch it because I knew I had it coming. And I wasn't going to get spoilers because there's no internet. I'm not calling the hotline. I'm not getting the Meltzer newsletter. So I'm not getting spoilers. <laughs> I was just in third grade. Pa- paper print wasn't that fast. Happy as a clam, you know, knowing mm-hmm. it's going to come. But like, Also, you get a four-day weekend. Come on. Like, it's that's amazing. It's perfect. It is, for sure. Absolutely perfect. Yes, there's a lot of perfect talk on this paper. The perfect team. On this paper. When's the last time you saw this show? Do you remember? Was it when you ordered it? When's the last time you watched it all the way through? No, I didn't order this one. Oh, right. Um, yeah. I probably rented it maybe, you know, within four or five months of it coming out. Yeah, this was at, like, every video store, it seems like. It was everywhere. Yeah. It was easy to but, find. uh yeah, the Saturday morning stuff, they would show like just like um, like the magazine did, just like stills right. of like uh, Boss Man up on the top rope grabbing for the nightstick. Or, Boss you know, <laughs> That was a good match. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> we'll get to it. Don't but, worry. But just like the stills and stuff, I'm like, okay, so they kind of gave you enough information. They told you who won, how they won, and then your imagination just kind of puts it all together. So I didn't feel like I, I missed it because mm-hmm. I felt like I saw it. Yeah. But, you know, looking back, it was just stills and them talking about the match and then the promos afterwards and how things shook out after and all that kind of stuff. So watching it live, uh, not live, but watching it on uh, VHS, you know, a couple months ago, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I I know what happened. Um, It was just nice to watch it. Mm -hmm. So it's been 20 some years, 30 years. Wow. Okay. Well, what do you think overall? What did you have fun watching it? Was it kind of a trip or was it kind of a slog? It wasn't too bad starting. So here's how I felt like going into it. So the first match, um, let me get find out where it was. So Head Shrinkers, Owen Hart, and Coco Beware. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I loved uh, Coco Beware. So I felt like Owen Hart being the new kid to town, you know, was a good team with the big hammer pants, all that kind of the stuff. Suspenders. Um, the suspenders, Head Shrinkers, Afa out there just chewing on the bone like a savage. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared of, you know, Samoans back then because I thought they were just savages from another island yeah. or some unknown it, place. And, we'll, you know, they don't know English. They're just, right, they're we'll, just dumb. We'll, we'll get, all right, we'll get to the show in order in a second here. Really quick, some background. This pay-per-view did 250,000 buys, which was pretty good. However, last year's Survivor Series 91, 300,000 buys. 1990 did 400,000 buys. So kind of a drop off the last couple of years. It was mm-hmm. also the lowest bought pay-per-view of 92, which says a lot because SummerSlam was on tape delay and still did, um, actually, hold on, wait, was that, is that wrong? Yeah, there we go. It's still, SummerSlam did 280,000 buys. So still not great. 
Uh, WrestleMania this year did 390,000. Rumble 92 did 260,000. So there was some intrigue. I would imagine Perfect joining with Macho Man did probably bump some last second buys. So, yeah. Good. As I was watching this, I remembered probably why I didn't order it. There wasn't a lot of Survivor Series teams. There was not, which some people would say is a bonus uh, because you get kind of marquee matches. You get a title match, all that stuff. But you're right. This is not a survive. There's one Survivor Series match. It's not even a real Survivor Series rules. So we'll Mm -hmm. we'll get to it. Uh, I mentioned already this took place at the Richmond Coliseum in Richfield, not Richmond, Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio, November 25th, 1992. Now, I actually watched the Coliseum video version of this. There's a, there is a few differences than the Peacock version or the network version, whatever you want to call it. It starts off with a slick backstage at a little podium oh, giving okay. a, getting us ready, talking about the darkness. I will get you out of the darkness. He, finally, he sounds like Randy Watson from coming to America during his little speech here. It's kind of, <laughs> okay. it's kind of weird. And then we go to the arena, which I'm sure everyone recognizes the classic sound yeah. with the horns and the logo. Vince and Bobby are, are on commentary here and they're, they're getting us hyped and Bobby's pissed off about Mr. Perfect and all that stuff. But I meant you mentioned already our first matchup is going to be high energy, which is Owen Hart and Coco Beware versus the Head Shrinkers, which Samoon fought to with Afa. A seven minute and 40 second match. Head Shrinkers get the win. There are, there are a few funny moments in it. I thought this match could have gotten more time. Honestly, it's only it's pretty good. And there's a funny part when Afa kind of whacks either Owen or Coco with his stick. And then yeah. it's like, what was that? He, he did that. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Afa's got like a turkey leg or something. And uh, then Bo- just like just like staring like a deer in headlights or off to the distance. And he's just like mesmerized yeah, by and Bobby, the, the tastiness of that bone. And Bobby goes, oh, no, Afa's having din din. <laughs> <laughs> just eating it and they keep saying oh what do you think that is is that a is that a buzzard it's clearly just a turkey like it's not like an exotic yeah. thing but th- it was fun i mean it was a fun match so, d- so during this match just totally brought me back and i wish someone would do this again call it something else but it was so fun uh the brain scan where yes. he like take stills he do the little drawings he's like this is like a turkey leg mm-hmm. And then later on, he's like, this is mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, that was a playoff Madden, I think. Wasn't it was, it? He yeah. Was like, Madden would do the, the, action. the breakdown. And he go out and he goes up the middle here. Oh, boom, boom, boom. It was a Frank Caliendo <laughs> yeah. Madden voice thing, whatever. Yeah. So the head drinkers went with a pretty big splash off the top rope. And it's kind of a bummer for Owen to lose at the Survivor Series. But when your partner's Coco Beware and you got hammer pants, Kind of, kind of the way it goes. Coco never wins, so that's okay. And the, now I go to another uh, Coliseum video exclusive. Lord Alfred Hayes is backstage with the big boss man, but they're in up. They're not in the locker room backstage area. They're in a bathroom, mm-hmm. literal bathroom. Boss man's washing his face. Okay. And uh, boss man says that tells Lord Al that no matter what Nail said, that he's innocent. Boss man knows the crimes he committed. So I was like, okay. Why don't you share those with us, boss man? What crimes did he commit? He's like, I read his file. <laughs> well, what, what did his file say? <laughs> you know, he doesn't say what he said. doesn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, but then we go after that to Sean Mooney interviewing Nails. I, it was very recent when I found out that Nails was using, like, 
a distorted voice box. It wasn't his real voice. That's not really. Yes, that's not his real voice. No, it's not my real voice. Boss no, man. Had been. I thought when they did like a video call or something, he made it sound. Boss man. Yes, he talks, and this promo needs to be watched because we could do the voice, we can play it in a clip. <laughs> but he's sweating. He's spitting. He's turning purple. He's wearing an orange jumpsuit. He's sweaty. He looks dirty. Remember the show? He's got his hair parted down the middle. Remember the show Coach? Yeah, Dauber. He looks like Dauber from Coach. Yeah, he is Dauber. (laughs) This is Dauber on steroids. He is. He's a massive man. (laughs) But go watch this promo just to see him turn purple. By the way, they're in a nightstick match. Yeah. Now, the rules of this, there's a nightstick on a pole in the corner. Whoever gets Mm -hmm. the nightstick first gets to use it. That's that's yeah. the rule. Uh, also, before the match, Gene's with the boss man right before he goes out to the crowd or through the curtain, kind of says the same thing, that Nails is not innocent, et cetera. And then the match starts. There's some funny back and forth with Vince and Bobby. Vince talks about uh, how Nails is a convict, and Bobby says he's innocent. It was just for some unpaid parking tickets. <laughs> he said he was going to buy flowers. So the wind blew him Yeah, off. he was going to buy flowers for his mother. The wind blew the tickets off. He never knew about it and he went to jail. Yeah. Vince was like, yeah, right. And then apparently, Bossman would just beat the shit out of fucking out of Nails in prison, which, look, <laughs> if Bossman did that, I get it. Nails should be pissed. He's, he's, he's chased through the WWF to whoop his ass. I'm on Nails' side. Okay. Eventually, Bossman does get the nightstick. Now, you defended this match as being good. Explain yourself. It is good. What? Are you kidding me? This is a, this is the story. I mean, you got you get the story, and you get your actors to play it out. There's a lot of back and Boss forth. Na- Na- Nails almost climbs up and gets the stick. Bossman pulls him down. Then it's, it's Bossman finally gets it. He wails on when him. He, when Bossman gets that nightstick, he hits him. him so hard in the shoulder with that thing. <laughs> But then uh, Nails just he snags it, jabs Bossman right in the face. Bossman drops it. Nails picks it up, and it's on. Bossman ends up getting the win, though, which you would think. Yeah, but I mean, he's a good guy. He should get the win. Isn't this Nails like first? No, was Nails at SummerSlam? I don't have to look that up, but yeah, Nails. This is a big pay per view for Nails. Yeah, (laughs) he got he's got his chance to shine. You got a couple licks on him. <laughs> a couple licks. What did you think of Nails when he first ate? First off, how nuts is Nails got a Hasbro? He was uh, he was a guy. <laughs> he was a guy. <laughs> he, he was a guy featured on a paper on a, one of the big four. Yes. Well, it was still big four back then. Nails was at SummerSlam. He beat Virgil at SummerSlam 92. So there you go. But, yeah, I mean, it was fine. Look, look, dude. This is 1992 wrestling. It's, this, it was, this is a good story. You got your cop and you got your prisoner. But who am I, and, who am I supposed to cheer for? Bobby said that he just got a parking ticket. <laughs> Don't believe Bobby. He makes shit up all the time. <laughs> you know you didn't believe Bobby back then. Definitely not. But it was a five-minute match, so I guess that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go backstage. And- so at, the, at this at this point of the pay-per-view, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, you know, a couple good matches. Well, in my opinion, a couple yeah. good matches for 92 WWF. Um, I'm, I'm going to get a Survivor Series match coming up. No, you're not. Oh, no. I get that. You're going to get Tatanka being interviewed backstage talking about Rick the Mono Martel stealing his eagle feathers. Yeah. I thought this feud was over at WrestleMania. 
Why is it still going no, on? It continued. Why is because he didn't get the feather back? Martel's still uh, rocking the feather when he comes out with his on his, cap. his sailor cap. Yeah, <laughs> the donkey. How come we can't, how come we can't get another Rick Martel wrestling? I figure? think he's not signed to a Legends deal. Oh, it's man. pretty simple. He's not a legend. Damn. Because this sailor outfit or the sailor hat, I'm like, that'd be a good variant <laughs> with the feather. I think if we get another Martell, it'll be like WrestleMania 6 Rick Martell versus Coco Beware. With the, I think that's with the long hair. Yeah. The, yeah. The, a blue sweater. I think so. Okay. I would like the. the. I like the one that you had that you traded for the. The Hogan. I, the Hogan. Yeah, Red Chad I traded for him. So he's all over this show. I like. I would like the one with the eagle feather, with the blue hat, and the yes, I am a model stick, like pin, all that stuff. Yep. Rick Martel was my dad's favorite. He loved him, and it drove me nuts. Like, wow, could you like him? He's terrible. What are you doing? I talk like that too. He blinded Jake. <laughs> he blinded Jake. He turned his back on Tito. He did, and then they feuded for years. <laughs> this is for the eagle feathers, apparently. It is. This match is 11 minutes, and this gets back to why I think Head Shrinkers versus High Energy should have gotten more than seven minutes. This match could have been like six. Give five really? of those Because you minutes. don't like Tataka, though. I don't. What do you have against Tataka? He's super conservative now, or what? <laughs> <laughs> or what did you think of him back then? You thought he was a phony, baloney Indian? <laughs> no, I just, I never so They, like, hyped him up as, like, this big superstar. And I didn't see it. And you, you didn't see no. it? No. Come on. You were. I was not a Chris Chavez I, fan. I, I, yes, I was. I was not. Oh, okay. I was. I loved him. What about when he turned on Lex Luger? Maybe I never forgave I him care. for that. So I retroactively <laughs> that's, hate that's, him. That's what. It, that's what it was. I retro- where's the yeah, this, uh, Where's the money, Lex? hatred for. Where's the money, Lex? <laughs> also, so the funny part about the Tatanka promo before mm-hmm. when he talks, I'm like, he sounds like Matt Hardy because they're both from North Carolina. So they have that North yeah, Carolina okay. accent. I thought that was funny. All right, so you love this match. It's a five-star match from Eric Sanchez here to talk to Rick Martel. It's not a five-star match, but, you know, it's good. I like model. I like the I like the Tatanka. It was good. All right, so we're, we're moving right along here. We go to our semi-main event. So now I'm thinking now we're going to get a Survivor Series match. Actually, nope. hold on. I skipped something <laughs> here. Uh, before this match, Gene interviewed Rick and Razor Ramon, kind of like yeah. summarizing it. And they're both, I the note I have, they're both very purple. Rick's got his purple they are, robe. They're, they're, te- they're, uh, they're a tag team. Yeah. Now they sh- they're matching. They showed the how this match came to be. The Because originally, supposed to be the Ultimate Maniacs, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, versus Razor Ramon and Ric Flair. And everybody knows that Warrior got pulled. If you don't know, he got pulled because he got fired for using HGH. Him and British Bulldog. Both fired. Need to replacement on primetime wrestling. I mentioned watching that before. Macho Man calls, I guess, is in via satellite. Says, I got my perfect partner. Yeah, that perfect. And then everyone's laughing it off. Bobby Heenan specifically. This is, I mean, dear, this is primetime wrestling. Yep. So they're all sitting around this long table. Vince's at the head of the table. You got Heenan. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect. Slick. Who else was there? Slick was there. The Slick. Yeah. Yep. And he, Perfect just is kind of like shrugging off. And Bobby kind of tries talking for Perfect. And says, huh, what are you doing? He slaps Perfect in the face, which <laughs> slaps the <laughs> you, you, shit you, out of him. It's brutal. I mean, it, you, you, he should know not to slap someone in the face. What happened to Andre? He remembers. He remembers. He paintbrushed him. And then, and then Bobby starts like, no, please, look what they're doing to us. No, no, no. Sells it. And uh-huh. uh, Perfect dumps the water on him, calls him a wet weasel, says, I'll accept. I'll see you at the Survivor Series. So Perfect is pissed that Bobby's been holding him back this whole time. 
Yeah. I can't overstate how big of a deal it was to have a turn like this as a kid. Because these didn't happen. When was the last they did it. baby face turn? Macho King WrestleMania 7? That's the big turn? Right? Yeah, that's got to be the biggest. But other than that, I mean, guys turn from good to bad more yeah. often than bad to good. I guess Jake in the 80s, Piper. But Piper was at WrestleMania from 2 to 3. You know, one to three. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, he was a good guy. So, it was a big deal. After this, they were more. They happened more often. But at this time, it was like, oh my god! And it's so funny how we all, as fans, just agreed. Yes, we like you, Mister Perfect. Now, even though you've been a dick for years and cheated and all this other stuff. See, that's the thing, though, because this is a total side thing, but it also relates to it. I'm, I'm watching uh, Monday Night Raw. You got Seth Rollins just totally, totally being a total jackass to the fans. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, he could show up next week and someone attacks him, then everybody loves Seth Rollins. Forget about all the heel stuff that he did and who he beat yeah. up and what names he got called. They're going to love him. And that's just wrestling. Like, I think of that all the time. Like, how many times have these jerks <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, you started to feel good for them and, and then they're good guys. You're like, yeah, they're the best. Mm-hmm. Also, okay, so they, we've got the big recap. Also, we forgot to mention during the perfect Tatanka match, Doink the Clown was coming out in the in the aisle making balloon animals for people. This is the mm-hmm. original Doink, by the way, the Matt Bourne. And he was kind of starting to make appearances around this time being the evil clown. Um, then we go to a backstage. But he, but, he, but he made the balloon animals for kids at the railing. Yeah, but then he popped them. At the end of the match, he just walks by, pops them, and laughs at them. Then we go backstage to Perfect and Macho Man with the Sean Mooney interview. They talk about they don't trust each other, etc. They're right, but it doesn't matter because they both hate Ric Flair. Yeah. Then we have the match. Macho Man comes out to a really big pop, and then Mr. Perfect comes out to a very big pop himself in his gear that at the time I thought was cool. It was kind of modeled off his Mr. Perfect jacket, the black with the stars. Yeah. But looking back at it, I, I don't like it. I like, give me the bright singlet for mr perfect not this black i'm not a big fan of it see he was gone from when did he last 91 SummerSlam versus brett so it's not that long but i feel like yeah it felt like forever at the time it it felt like forever i think there's time is different when you're a kid yeah like six months feels like two years (laughs) so i just felt like okay he's coming out of retirement or whatever this was and I was I, w- I was excited for it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure it, what was going to happen. And then as I was watching this, I'm thinking, you know, a year or two later, he's going to be in WCW. He's going <laughs> to yeah turn on turn on WCW guys with um, NWO. So, so I'm thinking maybe he's going to turn on him because I don't remember this match. If you look at the participants of this match, Flair is gone a couple months after this in '93 back to WCW, right? Mm-hmm. And then Macho Man gets transitioned to announcing. And Razor Ramon kind of goes on a singles run. He has a babyface turn pretty early into Raw when Raw comes out, becomes the IC champion. Yeah. Mr. Perfect's around through 93 into 94 and goes to eventually goes to WCW. So it's just kind of, again, we talked about this transition era, and that's what this is. The other thing so when that they get, was they get funny this, was when they, Vince saying this is going to be an all-time classic tag match. I'm like, really? All-time great classic tag match? Really? But, hey, got to sell it, I guess. I thought it was good. When Perfect comes in and, like, he is just a house of fire yep. hitting his old moves, like old Perfect. And when he chops, I think it's Ric Flair, it, it, it was 
loud as it was like a shotgun went off. I'm like, man, this is perfect, man. Like he's good. <laughs> I was surprised at. I don't remember the crowd being this into it as they were. Mm-hmm. Every the whole match is a 16 minute match. It was very good, and I think because the ending's kind of stupid, where they do like a DQ, where Perfect and Macho yeah. went by DQ after Perfect gets Perfect Plex on Razor, and then on Ric Flair, and then there's interference and all that stuff. I yeah. think they could have just let Perfect and Macho win. I don't know why they had to do a DQ finish, but it's very, very, very good, and I think it would have been great if they did a, a proper finish. So good stuff here, and... I wonder if this would have been the main event if Warrior was still on his team. It probably would have been. Really? You think so? Over the title, you think so? Oh, no, I forgot about that. Well, maybe. You know, you never know. But but Vince mentioned stuff in here, which I thought was like, I think needs to be done today. Um because I see a lot of wrestlers today, they do the side rush and leg sweep, but they don't hook the don't hook the ankle into the ankle. Okay. Or they don't they don't do complete moves where I remember, and then I'm like criticizing them in my head, like that's not a move, that's not a move. That's more in AEW, a little bit also in WWE and other wrestling that I see. It's like why don't they do the move right? Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, Razor Ramon got Savage in the abdominal stretch. And Vince says, well, he really needs to hook that foot behind Savage's foot mm-hmm. to, to make it more effective. And I'm thinking, yeah, thanks, Vince. I'm like, why don't you like tighten up the move to make it look like it's going to hurt? Post-match here, Mr. Perfect and Macho Man are best buddies. Lots of high fives. They mm-hmm. First, Macho Man wants to hold the ropes open for Perfect. Perfect says, oh, no, I'll hold them open for you. Crowd's into it. They're loving it. Yeah, I remember as a kid thinking, Perfect's probably got a title run in him here. He's probably going to be world champion pretty soon. Didn't happen, but I was... No. It's just like you mentioned. It's so crazy how uh, even today us as wrestling fans just accept, okay, I forgot what you did. You are friends with my favorite wrestler, so I like you now. <laughs> yeah. Let me go backstage. Pretty much right behind the curtain, Gene, Gene's interviewing Ric Flair and Razor, and Vince is like, he's with the losers backstage. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gene starts talking and Flair goes, shut up! You're telling you're talking about Ric Flair and Razor Ramon, etc. Uh, and then Razor says, this is when Razor's pretending he was Cuban and spoke Spanish. Right. Perfecto. Hey, hey, perfecto. The last chico that double-crossed me, you can't find him no more. Which I'm like, yikes! Razor Ramon and Scott Hall actually killed a guy in Florida, so maybe that's what he's referring yeah, to in did. his promo. Yikes! But anyway, I just love just another quick another quick point for this match. I thought it was cool because you had Macho Man and you had Razor as Machismo. Yeah, and I'm thinking like Macho and Machismo. I'm like, this is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that, I just wanted to see the match just for just for that. It was very good. And again, I, I remember the match being just like okay or good. But watching yeah. it back, it's definitely worth a rewatch. This whole show itself, probably not worth a sit through. But there are yeah, I have this match is the one that actually go go back and watch. Not, oh, this is okay, one. it was it was very good. So go go check this out. Go out of your way for sure. And then our next matchup is Yokozuna versus Virgil. Yokozuna is relatively new on the scene here, mm-hmm. and at this ninety three WrestleMania, he'd be world champion. So he's clearly being built up. Uh, we go backstage before the match, and was I don't know if this is on your version, but it was in the Coliseum video version. Lord Al's backstage interviewing Yoko and the Geisha Girls and Mr. Fuji, 
And Mr. Mr. Fuji goes to Lord, oh, you want the massage? Oh, you want the massage? Come sit down. <laughs> Lord's like, oh, oh, no, I could. He's like, oh, sit down. He gets a massage for like two seconds. Like, all right, enough of you. Get out of here. So he gets a massage from the Geisha girls. And we have... Well, sadly, there's no Lord Alfred Hayes on the, the okay. network Okay, we'll, we'll check that out. It's worth watching. Go check it out. I was surprised this Yokozuna Virgil match was on pay per view. I was also surprised that Virgil got so much offense in, even though it was a three minute match. This should have well, been a, Virgil was getting pushed. This should have been a great squash of Yoko. Virgil got too much offense in for me. Bobby's still freaking out most of the match. Vir- Yokozuna, of course, wins, squashes his ass. Mm-hmm. Three minutes, 44 seconds. I just don't get why it was on pay per view, and I also don't get why that Virgil got any offense in on Yokozuna. Yeah. But he did. Bobby also says at one point when I think Yoko does a sidewalk slam, he says it's like the Hindenburg with a sidecar on it. <laughs> <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> and this this was the, the match where they did the brain skin at the yeah. end. They got uh, Yoko jumping, and uh, Bobby just draws like a big old circle around uh, Yoko's thigh and leg. And he's like, this is the big turkey leg. And this is the mashed potatoes. <laughs> and he's smashing right <laughs> on him. <laughs> so Virgil's the mashed potatoes getting squashed on the mat. On the mat. Uh, he definitely did get squashed for sure. Then we go post backstage. Macho Man and Mr. Perfect are celebrating. For some reason, Mr. Perfect is a bunch of raw, uncooked, full-size turkeys and said, I got one for you, mm-hmm. Razor. Got one for you, Rick. And he pulls out a tiny little game hand. And don't forget. Don't think I forgot about you, He Bobby. does not. And, just raw turkey, a little chicken, <laughs> raw meat, like makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like I don't like I cook. Has a slime on his hand. Yeah, and then gives yeah, and then gives Macho a high five. I'm just like, no, thank you. Yeah, pass around that salmonella for sure. I, <laughs> I like that's okay. Cooking and but if I'm cooking anything with even like bacon, as soon as it's on the thing, I'm washing my hands immediately. That's just I'm, I'm yeah. paranoid about that stuff. But they're happy. They're pumped. They're perfect team, lots of high fives, etc. Did you expect more like tags w- between these two or friendships blooming, blossoming? No, I really thought that Perfect was back on a singles run, ready to go for the title because it made sense. Mm. That's kind of what I thought he would go for, but he didn't. Yeah, I felt like they would be the perfect tag team. Not exactly. But speaking of perfect matches, just kidding. <laughs> Survivor Series match: Natural Disasters and the Nasty mm-hmm. Boys take on money inc and the beverly brothers when this match starts beverly brothers come out to huge booze people are like oh fuck these guys like what are we doing i hate it i hate it me them. too they were so dumb looking but looking back <laughs> kind of like their robes like their music like the genius like all that stuff i, I still don't like okay. them watching this match how the hell oh, oh, okay. were the nasty boys ever <laughs> good guys they were at this point, right? It's crazy. Yeah, I don't remember when, but, uh, you know, Jimmy Hart turned on him because he, want, he wanted the champions with him. Yeah, Money Inc. So he's got Money Inc. Mm-hmm. It's like, screw you guys. <laughs> they ended up winning the Natural Disasters and Nasty Boys team in a 15-minute match. <laughs> we're going to kind of skip over it because this match is not much to say. The crowd is kind of dead. Um, yeah. There's nothing, even I have notes about this other than I thought it was crazy the Nasty Boys were good guys. This is a match I would say you're okay with skipping over, except to yeah, hear no, I, the Beverly Brothers' awesome music when they come out. Because I really thought this was going to be Survivor Series rules. It wasn't. It was just one one team member gets um, eliminated, then the both yeah. team is gone. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of lame. Mm-hmm. 
So not one real Survivor Series match. Mm-hmm. That makes you very sad. It did. Speaking of very sad, we go backstage to Virgil. Was this on your version or was this not? I don't think so. So Virgil's... Oh, Is he with the Lord yes. <laughs> No, it wasn't. So either. Virgil's laying in the locker room like, oh, get his ass kicked because, you know, yeah, he just got squashed by Yokozuna, literally. And uh, then Vir- and Lord's like, oh, oh, Virgil, are you okay, Virgil? He's like, yo. Oh, I want to see this. And then Virgil is just yelling at Lord, yo, let me tell you something. I got to warn everyone about this Yakazuma. He calls him Yakazuma. He goes, <laughs> as, as a Virgil would. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a menace, man. He's a menace. I especially got to warn Bret Hart about this Yakazuma. So Virgil, in 92 Survivor Series, is trying to let Bret Hart know Yakazuma is yeah, coming for he's you. He's a bad dude. Menace to Society is what calls it. Dude. Do you think I wonder if that movie was out yet? Menace to Society. Do you think Bret Hart ignored Virgil's warnings and that's why he lost no, the championship? No, no, They were they were locker room pals. So Virgil Sh- sharing uh, meat sauce recipes. Virgil's telling Bret, "Yo, this Yakazuma, Bret's like, okay, yeah, you know. <laughs> yo, 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 this Yakazuma, <laughs> Bret's wild. Taking his boots off, he's like, "Yo, okay, you know, keep an eye out for him. He's fat, but I'll keep an eye out." No, Bret, this Yakazuma. All right, Virgil, we get it. We get it. Go back. <laughs> this Yakazuma. Go, go find it. Go to Yakazuma. And then we go to our next matchup, which is one of my favorites because of the facials of Kamala. The Undertaker Kamala. versus Kamala in a coffin match, which is different than a casket mm-hmm. match, FYI. They kind yeah. of show the hype of this. These guys had a match at SummerSlam 92. We talked about that before in our show when Kamala's like scared facials are amazing. And he was, he's even more terrified of coffins. Undertaker was making a custom massive coffin for Kamala to go into. The rules of this match, a little different. You have to pin your opponent and then put him in the coffin to win. Uh, Kamala comes down. And I'm wondering, where is that giant mask? Who's got that? The big Kamala wooden mask. It's got to be somewhere. Someone's got to have that, yeah. right? Yeah. The, Let me uh, step away for like 20 seconds. I'll be right back. That's fair. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll talk about this uh, this fantastic match between Kamala and the Undertaker. I mentioned it earlier. The main reason I think this match is fun is because Kamala's facial. The match itself is fine. It's okay. It's standard big guy match. It's standard Undertaker still kind of in zombie mode. But when every time Undertaker does sits up or does something scary... Kamala's just like, oh my god, he's terrified. And then you got Kim Chi and Harvey Whippleman basically telling him, man up, we need you here, we need you to beat The Undertaker. But he can't do it. Eventually Undertaker gets the win here and he gets the 1-2-3 and Bobby keeps saying, oh, but he's still got to get him in the casket, that's going to be tough. It, It wasn't tough. He literally just rolled Kamala into this giant casket. They put the lid on, Paul Bear's got these giant spike nails, they hammer him in. And even though it's wrestling, and even though it's goofy and it's silly, being put into a coffin is not going to be what I call comfortable or calming, you know? And they wheel him to the back. Undertaker's happy. He won. All that stuff. But I don't know. What do you think of this Kamala-Undertaker coffin match? I thought it was awesome. Really? I just think that, yeah, man. I mean, you go back and you do the vignettes. I, th- I don't know if you mentioned it, but the vignettes of uh, Undertaker yeah, just making the slowly, coffin, yeah. methodically, like, using the old shave. I don't know what that's called, like the shaver or whatever you call that. Like, yeah. Shaving down the sides of the wood and making the coffin and 
the camera work and all that stuff. I mean, this is another good story. You're all about story here. Uh, hey, man, that's this is this is uh, male soap operas. After this match, did, did you mention? Did you mention the little boy that looked like uh, Paul Bearer? I did not. He's he's all <laughs> he's in full cosplay. So kudos to he him. Is. Yeah, uh, we go back. So I go ahead. I you were talking about the facials and just he, Kamala is the gives the. I mean, there's a lot of good people that like make the scared face yeah. of Undertaker, but his are the best. I think you're right. I think definitely think you're right. And then I was thinking, like, maybe you know, I can probably pack on like forty more pounds and just do this as a Halloween, like paint up my face and try to grow. I'll just have to get a fake beard, put a little belly on my or a little moon on my belly, some stars on my tits, <laughs> just walk around slapping my belly. <laughs> some stars on your tits. <laughs> I think I've yeah. seen those. I think they're called pasties. Uh, no, 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 not on the nipples. Like, okay, listen, you do you on the on the, on the upper tit meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t-shirt, upper tip me. We go backstage to Shawn Mooney, who's interviewing Shawn Michaels, who's super cocky for his championship match against Bret Hart. Shawn recently had beaten the British Bulldog for the IC title. Shawn's logic, why he will win this match. He asked it's, Shawn it's Mooney, math. who beat Bret Hart for the IC title? Well, the British Bulldog. Who just beat the British Bulldog? Well, you did, Shawn Michaels. So there you go, Sean's logic. Since I it's beat one the guy, and one is two. I beat the guy that beat the guy. I'm going to be the WWF champion here. So, Sean's. I I, I follow that. He is. I, I do that with my football picks. Sean <laughs> is starting to be main event level here, and it's funny. When I was watching as a kid, I didn't like Sean the most because I was like, he's the rocker guy. Why is he trying to be? A star. He's not a star. Of course, you watch his matches. You're like, oh, he's pretty great. And you see all this stuff. So then we go after this interview, we go back to Harvey Whippleman and Kim Chi. I don't know if this is on your version, trying to open the coffin. (laughs) And they're freaking out. And they they finally, you know, pry it open. And Kamala's all terrified and scared. So, oh, Kamala. I just feel bad for him. He's just so scared. He got pushed in this match. He didn't want to be in this match. He did. He seems like a really sweet guy. Mm-hmm. He's just doing karate chops and, and the, noggin chops. So we go backstage. Bret Hart's with Gene Okerlund. Bret's in the full Sergeant Pepper jacket here. Gene talks about Bret's fighting champion, lists all the guys he's beaten. For some reason, he mentions Virgil. Virgil. He's <laughs> like, so, yeah, he kept talking about this. Were you, a, were you around in 92? Virgil was a big deal. Yeah, he kept talking about the Rod- Yakuza during our match. Him. I don't really care, so I whooped his ass. So, yeah. Bret Hart, you know, oh, <laughs> that's old man. But I think that's old man. Current man, like ninety-two. Bret, but uh, will you know? Uh, will, uh, that's like wrestling with shadows, Bret. Prince, like, can, we, can I do a ninety-two, Bret? You know, in the Survivor Series, Virgil tried to warn me about the Yakazuma, but it didn't matter because I got this. And he goes to the ring. <laughs> You're pointing to the t- title I, on your shoulder. Exactly. I think that. I okay. think my nine two Brett's jacket. My nine two Brett's my best Brett yet. I think. I think for sure. It's getting there. You got to go a little bit deeper on the tone. In the Survivor Series. No, it's too deep. I'll, I'll get there. I'll, as, as Dino Bravo. As Dino Bravo. I'm just kidding. That piece of shit broke my sternum. That's <laughs> wrestling with shadows, Brett. Yeah. He's, you got a sternum? Yeah. <laughs> Ask his son if he has a sternum. It's right there, Blade. <laughs> right there. You feel it? Oh, Dad, you broke my sternum. <laughs> we need a wrestling with shadows watch along so bad. 
for, I still got that one uh, shirt. The design process. Oh, <laughs> the design. We'll get to it. Modest is ready. Modest is ready, and then uh, that's a nice bridge, nice wrestling move for a change. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about more wrestling stuff. All right, <laughs> really quick there. We, did we talk about this? The the wrestling with shadows where whoever edited that movie deserves the biggest prize for sense of humor because <laughs> you've got Roland, the promoter, talking about, right. yeah, guys are getting paid. They're getting paid well, and they're loving it. Next cut, a wrestler. There's been times I haven't been paid. I'm owed money. All this stuff for his promotion. <laughs> just just amazing. Reminds me of, you know the show Naked and Afraid? Yeah. Okay. So I don't watch it anymore, but I used to. I was like obsessed with it. And there was also an episode where whoever did this editing needs a prize because the the couple finds a like a like a bunch of mushrooms and the girls okay. tells the guy she goes I don't think we should eat it it might be poisonous he's like I'm just so hungry I don't care uh-huh. so he picks it up and he go he starts eating it and he goes he's he's like he's happy he has calories and all of a sudden he goes tastes kind of funny and the next cut is him shivering. <laughs> with a fever <laughs> and like medics around him because he ate poisonous mushrooms so that's like every episode but just the editing was just perfect he's like tastes kind of funny and the next like yeah. second is him <laughs> <laughs> he's dying exactly You're laughing over there anyway we got this match up here Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels only for the WWF championship pretty crazy that two guys in 91 like say Wrestlemania 7 the Rockers were in the opening match. The Hart Foundation were losing the titles to the Nasty Boys, and now they're main eventing a WWF pay-per-view. So good for them, good for Vince for giving these guys the push and trusting them. They put on one hell of a match, and I think in the past this match was kind of like, oh, it's underrated. But now I think enough people know that they, they put mm-hmm. in a great match. The only thing that kind of ruined it was Sean didn't have his finishing move yet. He was still doing that side suplex, like the teardrop suplex thing. Yeah. So he didn't have the super kick. He does a super kick, but it's not his finisher yet. So he didn't really know of any danger for Brett. But I was watching this, and it was really, really good. Uh, it's a 26-minute match. It went. It didn't feel like it went long. Brett ends up winning by the sharpshooter. Good for him. But there's some really hard-hitting stuff. There's good storytelling. In retrospect, looking back, you tell, like, oh, these two guys are, are great. And they're they're going to be the future of the WWF for the next few years. So it was it was good to see. Yeah, I <clears throat> I like the beginning of the match. Maybe the first five minutes, eight minutes, the middle just kind of got slow because they're just doing holds. Yeah, rest holds, headlocks, pinning them down, front face locks, arm bars. I'm like, eh. well, it, the good thing. I mean, that's okay. I mean, that kind of slows it down, the, but the good. I just I, I I like the beginning and the end. A lot of these matches are just too much holds the good thing about this match is it has bobby on commentary and he's got some mm-hmm. gems including the hearts and he goes talks about the the hearts the, the hearts at thanksgiving uh-huh. and he asks vince do the hearts even pluck the turkey's feathers or they just throw the microwave on high just throw the microwave <laughs> on high so i thought that was funny ends up winning uh brett ends up winning by the sharpshooter after Shawn michaels goes for a move off the top rope brett catches him puts him in the sharpshooter i always thought that was cool gets gets the win the submission Brett's celebrating. Santa Claus comes out to celebrate with him. Snow comes down. Christmas season's official. We're ready to go. And then post, I guess this is Coliseum exclusive. Maybe it wasn't. Brett's on Santa's lap in the back. 
says he wants for Christmas Santa to bring him the toughest opponents possible. <laughs> like that's what he wants. Hey, all right. Because he's a fighting champion and Brett is our champion. And that's the end of the 92 Survivor Series. It was an easier watch than I thought it was going to be. You know, it wasn't yeah. 90, like wasn't WrestleMania 9. That's kind of what I was preparing myself for, like that level of like, mm-hmm. ugh. But there's yeah. some good stuff in here. I think overall I'm going to give this show a B, like a solid B. It's a it's a good show. Yeah, I'd give it a B also. Okay, good stuff. What was your match of the night? Uh, that tag match. Uh, Ric Flair, um, Razor against uh, Savage and Perfect. I'm going to give it to Brett and Sean, but it's still good stuff. I think if you watch Brett and Sean and Perfect and Razor back-to-back and know their matches, maybe you would like that better. But since it's the one, Perfect and Razor was the best match of the first half of the show for sure. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of keeps – it drags down a bit with the Yakazuma. But <laughs> And then, of course, that weird eight-man Survivor Series match. But it's still great. It's still fun. And it's it's worth watching, and it's a it's an era I'm fond of as a kid, and it it was definitely fun to go back and watch. I'm glad it won the vote. I know a lot of people were hoping survive for Survivor Series '98. Maybe we'll do that next week. What do you say? When I go to the dead, when I have a deadly game in Survivor Series? Hey, why not? It's a deadly game. What's your favorite Survivor Series? What do you think? What year? Oh boy. I like the older ones, like right. the 89, the 90s. I think 90 or 90 is probably my favorite. And it's funny because you watch that now and it's not good. Like the matches suck and the gobbledygooker. But does it matter? No. I mean, you got the, you got the wrestlers. Right, exactly. Like just for me, I mean, the kids, I mean, I, the Demolition, got your Hawkman, Animals, Texas Tornadoes. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Some of the later Survivor Series were good. I think what was uh, whatever year, what year did Sting debut? Two thousand sixteen Survivor Series or no? Fifteen two thousand fifteen. That was a great one. Uh, I really liked two thousand one Survivor Series, the Alliance versus the WWF. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Ninety one was fun. Um, Ninety three I liked, even though it gets crapped on a lot. I was a big fan of that. So I think my overall favorite is going to be ninety. But there's there's good stuff. There's good stuff throughout all of them, and I know some people. The survivor old survivors are kind of tough to watch because of how much is going on, but mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a fan of them, and I think I would kind of wish there'd be more survivor series matches. And it's I I get what they're doing with the brand supremacy thing for Raw and SmackDown currently, but I don't know if you saw Xavier Woods's tweet saying that the winner should yeah. have like the better Royal Rumble spot. Like they should pull like the later rumble spots type of thing. That what do you that should be in the line? I think that's fine. I know some people criticize like why do people care what brand you're on? Why should the wrestlers yeah. care? But if you've ever been on any kind of team, you do care, right? Like you should care. When you worked retail, were there other right. stores where you're like F those stores. Like our, our stores <laughs> better than them. Like you didn't know them, but yeah. you had it. Like you have no actual loyalty yeah. to your company, but you mm-hmm. wanted to be the best, right? So yeah. I think even departments. Like if you're in a store that has different departments, you're like, yeah, this department's cooler than you guys. Exactly. So I get it. I get it. So this is a fun show to look back on. And it was we talked a lot this. We talked eras. We talked turkey. We talked naked and afraid. And we talked 92 Survivor Series. It was good stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, you got a couple different versions of Bret Hart impressions. I did. I'm going to work on my. <laughs> I, I did. I'm going to work on those. I'm going to work on those for sure. Who's your Who's your audience? Who do you practice on at home? 
your wife? Yeah, I'm sure she would care. <laughs> Penny, Penny Penny knows her Bret Hart. She might. Tomorrow, November twelfth. Like, November twelfth, which is today if you're listening to this show, the day the when we're releasing this show. Our tenth anniversary for me and Mrs. PPW. So she made it ten oh, years. Oh, I thought you were gonna say us. Ten years with me. So <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. She puts up with you, you put up with her. It's a happy marriage. It's pretty good. I'm a big fan. Would recommend. Ten out of ten. <laughs> anyway. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank all of our podcast buddies who we talk about each and every week. And these are shows that I listen to, and I hope you do too. Uh, our friends Scott and Jeff at the Fully Pulsable Wrestling Figure Podcast. 300 plus episodes consecutive going strong. The original wrestling figure podcast. Check them out. And it's not to say you can only listen to one wrestling figure podcast, but you, you got to check out the original, right? You know, it's like, you have to. You have to. It's if if you go to a city, it's like here, there's we have a bunch of pizza joints, but here's the original. You're gonna go to the original first, at least yeah. at least sample. And, it. But how many places say they're the original though? I don't know. You're at least gonna sample. And mean it. You're gonna sample it. Yes, we have we have we have proof. Check out Scott and Jeff at the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Check out our friends over at the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Joe and Quinn put out a show every week. They have a Patreon as well. Great retro wrestling. Check them out. Big fan at OVP Podcast. They're on my weekly listens and even more so when I'm doing yard work, etc. The uh, Patreon shows definitely make everything go by fast, so thanks to them for that. Mm-hmm. Check out our friends Eric and Barry at Doing the Favor. They do shows every a couple times a week, a sports show, a wrestling show. Check them out at Doing the Favor. The Breaker and Bane Power Hour. They do a show every, every week with interviews. Also, there's the side project of Breaker you know it's fake, right? Which I am coming up to be a guest on soon. We recorded, so that'll be out soon. Follow the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Check out our friends over at the Raw is Nitro podcast. Lee over there in Australia doing shows around the same time as us. We are about due to take a look back at maybe a movie coming up. So, Lee, check your DM soon. We'll figure that out. Friend Daniel Spencer, friends at the Ringside Podcast, follow them. Our friend Justin Summers over at the Wrestling Cheers Podcast, they do a show on independent wrestling. That I saw they did one this week about AIW and independent over in Ohio, so they you can hear memories of that. So it's kind of fun if you're looking for something a little bit different. Follow the Wrestling Cheers Podcast. I think that's it. I always forget somebody, and if I do, I apologize. But I think that's going to be it for this week. Eric, that's a lot. Anything else? It's a, lot, it's a long episode, but it's a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoy as much as I did. Yeah. Man, Thanksgiving's coming quick. I'm just looking at the calendar. Two weeks. It is. It is. All right. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. All right. Anything else, Eric? Um, it's a deadly game. Not really. I mean, I guess they, when I'm just kind of just doing stuff online now, I go to YouTube and watch some MLW Fusion shows. Nice. Those are kind of catching on with me. We got the AEW pay-per-view this weekend. Looking forward to that. That should be fun. The four times a year pay-per-view make them seem like bigger events, even though they may not meet, but I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, and even their weekly, like their specials they do every couple. Yeah, they like name it something. Months they yeah. Do on a, yeah. I like it. Did they ever, the first year, were they pay-per-views, like Fighter Fest? No, they were not. Stuff like that? They were not. Hmm. They still had just the four thought. pay-per-views a year. All right, everyone, thank you for following. Thank you for listening. If you're not following us on Twitter already, please do at PPW Podcast. And please share with a friend. And also, if you want us to talk about anything or have any show suggestions, let us know. 
follow Eric on Twitter at positively underscore Eric. And you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Also have an Instagram page, PPW underscore podcast. Find all of our past shows, future shows for free. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. We What about the Instagram? I said that. PPW underscore okay. podcast. Thanks for listening. I was on a roll there. Gotcha. You ruined me. Oh, you fucked up. You know, <laughs> you ruined me here at the Survivor son Series. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Thank you for listening. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>